I mean, you think he can't eat and do a podcast? He can eat and hold a baby, you know? Mm. Boom. Gone. See? That <laughs> <laughs> sounds great, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Wee. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. <laughs> I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables or semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 495, company from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the new look Pacers, the failed state that is the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, a mailbag, a stat of the week, and an undergoogleable. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Tripler. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, shout out to Joseph R. Biden and Kamala Harris, who I presume, by the time you're hearing this, are our new... President and Vice President. Making history, Kamala Harris. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? It's Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Uh, before we get into the show, we'd like to remind you, this show is brought to you by you. Uh, you can head over to uh, patreon.com slash undebeatables and support our show for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, helps support... Uh, uh, well, actually, so just recently, our... Uh, uh, the 20th was our eight-year anniversary, which is a oh. cause for excitement. So happy okay. birthday, Undebeatables. Do we know um, Do we know what the uh, the gift is for the eighth anniversary? I think it was pottery. Um, or oh, that's bronze. right. Or bronze. Bronze pottery. Bronze, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and so, <laughs> you guys, uh, look under your seats. Um, I got bronze pottery for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but that was not cheap. That was not cheap, so... Though so we, we need uh, some more you, patrons, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we uh, renew the uh, the website once a year, and uh, uh, that's been coming out of our pockets. And uh, this support really helps things like that. Um, so for our lavish uh, bronze pottery, <laughs> and lavish bronze yeah, pottery, yeah, it's just monster budget line item. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's most of the budget. So. <laughs> And we also could buy things like new microphones uh, and uh, other editing equipment. But uh, appreciate the support that we've had there so far. Uh, Undebeatables. Uh, uh, we're at patreon.com slash undebeatables. All right, guys. So last week, um, the uh, big trade went down. And Victor Oladipo was sent to the Rockets. And Karis LeVert uh, was picked up from... Uh, the Nets. Um, Levert, it was shown, has a small mass on a kidney and no timeline for return to, to, to the basketball court. So um, we're hoping this is a, a blessing in disguise. Uh, Jason, as your sister said, um, you know, it's not often that you maybe get those scans. So um, I think he had an MRI and it kind of just showed up on there. So, uh, you know, if there's anything that needs to be done, then hopefully it's it's you know quick quick taken care of and um, uh, you know he's back quickly in good health and back on the basketball court, um, but we don't have a timetable as of yet. So 
Um, what are we going to do now? I guess we so right now we have the team that we had minus Oladipo, minus a starter. Um, you know, we've got some options. Um, so last year on the team. bench. Last so, two years. Yeah. Team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which which we did fine with them, you know, and we've got some some more uh, experience with these lineups. Uh, you know, what's the most effective, Colson? What's the most effective way that we should move forward until Levert hits hits the floor? You know, we touched a little bit on this uh, last show and, uh, you know, the previous show. Um, Aaron Holiday uh, coming off that bench, uh, he seems more comfortable there. Um, I've uh, always thought that he and TJ McConnell, uh, even though they're both undersized guards, just have a really nice chemistry. And they they bring different things, but also kind of um, similar quickness and activity um, with and without the ball. And uh, I think they're a great duo back there. And I think I think probably, uh, you know, either new Nate listens to the show or have figured out what we figured out, which is that that, that chemistry is really nice. Not that uh, Aaron Holiday can't play with the starters. He is a guy that does the little things for you. But, um, you know, he's got a bigger role in that second unit. Um, and so probably looking at that, what we're going to be looking at until we get um, Karis LeVert back or um, TJ Warren back or... Uh, Jeremy Lamb back. What we're probably going to run with is uh, a Brogdon, Edmund Sumner, Justin Holiday, uh, Miles Turner, and Sabonis starting lineup. And uh, you know, it, it makes your your bench thin. Um, but you know, we'll probably see some Jakar Sampson minutes. Uh, if we could get Goga back, that'd be nice. But I think probably at least moving forward, uh, you're going to have you know McConnell and uh, Aaron uh, McBuckets and and um, Jakar Sampson as your bench I feel pretty good about that it's not as deep as you want to be I mean you've got two bench guys starting um, that thins you out but um, you know our the hub of our offense is really um, you know Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis and the hub of our defense is is um, you know Miles Turner and all three of those guys are still there in that starting lineup yeah I'm excited for the Edmund Sumner show let's uh, let's do it <laughs> Xavier all the way yeah, I think um, it'll be, you know, sort of fun, I think, to dig deep into this bench, too. You know, um, I think Cassius Stanley will get some run in in certain games. And I think maybe even Jalen LeCue may uh, make an appearance or two. Um, maybe even Brian Bowen, you know, who knows? Like, just that, you know, we, we do have a fair amount of depth. I think it takes our bench from being one of the top, say, 10 benches in the league to now middle of the pack or so, but the guys that are going to get run, you know, the, the Jakar Sampsons of the world are sort of prototypical bench guys. They're going to come in and give energy and effort, which is a lot of the time what is needed, especially in the current COVID sort of environment when there's no fans in the stand. Like, you got to bring your own energy to these games. And so it's nice to put guys on the floor that just have that internal motor, um, even if it's just for like a spot, you know, eight to 15 minutes or something like that, <clears throat> you know, once a half. So I, I think that's what we're going to have to do. And, and yeah, just write it out. There was rumor, I thought they mentioned on the broadcast in the Sacramento game, I think it was, that um, Jeremy Lamb is very close to returning um, mm-hmm. and could potentially have played, or you know, who knows, he might have played in that Clipper game or recording before that Clipper game. Uh, but on that West Coast swing, it was rumored that he was going to maybe come back. So that would be a huge boost to um, things. Obviously, it's going to take him time to get back into basketball shape and, um, you know, shake the rust off and whatnot. But you, can, I, I kind of always forget that we have him on the roster, A, and that, B, he's like a very, very talented professional basketball player. So that will be good. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I'm excited as well to see some of these young kids get some minutes and you know, it, it's great to have a deep bench, but they're, you know, they're not going to improve if we can't get them on the court and get them some minutes. So, um, you know, these sort of adverse events also provide opportunity for these guys. And I know that they will take what minutes are allotted to them and, and, and make the most of them and, and, and help their team and help their own development by making the most out of it. Uh, Jeremy Lamb definitely should be very close. Um, so that's exciting. Gives us 
you know, at least a little bit of size. Uh, he's 6'5 in that first unit and a little bit more flexibility. Uh, the other guy who I'd love to see some minutes for, but are, is increasingly hard to find, <laughs> find the minutes for is Goga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could go out there and just run some monster lineups, you know, with him. Uh, but with Miles Turner and Domus playing so darn well, uh, it just it makes it hard to, to, to find space for him on the floor unless we're blowing somebody out, you know? Mm-hmm. Is he healthy? Is he back healthy? Not currently. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I think he's close. Um, okay. I don't think he's, yeah. Uh, but, you know... The Harper's point is is well made. I mean, we're essentially having either Miles Turner or Sabonis at that center spot for all forty eight minutes. Yep. Yep. And there's not a ton of uh, leftover minutes for a guy like Goga. So I mean, you know, hey, look, we we can make some minutes, and uh, it'll also let our guys get some a little bit of rest. Um, but you know, I don't I don't see him playing twenty minutes a night. You know? uh, we can't just sit McBuckets. I mean, he's no. The he's the real that makes leading. that offense go right now. <laughs> The second leading rebounder, yeah. maybe? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Well, the whole <laughs> offense of the second unit just revolves around him. Like, yeah. him open shots. Uh, the other possibility, and Joey, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, you know, because, you know, you have a controversial stance on this player. But, um, you know, if Karis LeVert is out for a long time, you know, it could open up the possibility of, uh, you know, the Pacers getting an injury exception. They could sign an extra player. You know, it was reported this week that Lance Stevenson is – you know, in the pool of guys trying out for um, G League spots, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a potential Lance return. I mean, out there. I mean, yeah. we always gotta put that on the on the whiteboard. You know, it, it so, was also but, reported that we got like 2.6 million from the Nets as part of that Vic trade. Go. So I mean, there were cash considerations. Yeah. Um, well, he's paid for. Before, before uh, we move forward with this conversation, Colson, will you bump Lance up one more? <laughs> oh, if he comes back, he's up at least three spots. Yeah. yeah. Um, he'd be he, – look, he, he's getting up there in age a bit, but, I mean, look, he'd be perfect for this team right now. Just just a spark of energy. And, look, who knows what that dude would do with no crowd? Uh, and I want to know. <laughs> no Inquiring minds – Want to know? He already knows how to high five himself after uh, true. True. you know uh, his highlights. Um, you know you don't need anyone around for the air guitar. Uh, you know his antics, I think, translate well to this era of of the NBA. Um, I think he'd fit in well with this team. You know, I think it'd be I think it'd be fantastic. And like we need someone in, in sort of a two three spot uh, uh, at this point with the. Uh, with, with the unknown, so, um, you know. I, I'm, g- I'm glad I asked, because I was surprised. You, you know, it could have gone either way with you. Oh, it yeah. Been <laughs> Absolutely yeah. quite flip on that one. <laughs> you, it, listen, there's always room on this team for shooters like Lance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't ever have enough shooting. Sure. <laughs> I think it'd be I think it'd be good. I mean, but I do agree that that uh, it's gonna be it, it'll be nice to get to see some of these younger guys that we don't really see outside of garbage time sometimes. And you know, I it's always look. I understand it's a reality of the the league, and, and uh, that there are you know there, there's lots of guys that we see sort of in that 13, 14, 15 spot that kind of bounce up and down between you know Indy and and Fort Wayne and. We don't really get to see them in, in any meaningful minutes, and it, that happens. And um, and I get that it's difficult that even if you do get your chance to play like some some real minutes, like just not having the um, the rhythm of like you know just getting thrown in there sort of cold and and you know being asked to perform, like it's hard to do. Um, and you know this is a chance that we get to see like all right. You know, because there's, I think usually we're pleasantly surprised when when these things happened, and you're like, oh, this guy can do some things that I didn't know he could do. You know, um, there's usually pleasant surprises at that time, and even if it doesn't work out for the Pacers, like say we're deep deep at a position and and we can't utilize someone's skills, like this can lead to someone else getting another contract down the line because um, there's good because there's actual game footage of them you know, performing. So it's, I think it's just a good thing all around. And it's, it's, um, this is why it's great to have the, the G league. Um, 
you know, there's there's good players that are getting touches, and and um, these are people that will get, you know, some minutes in the league. So, well, and I think or we could get Lance uh, <laughs> of particular importance um, too. I think Brog- both Brogdon and Sabonis are near the top of the league in minutes per game uh, right now, and. Because we can't sit there. <laughs> yeah, because we can't sit there, right? And the, um, the concern I have about that is, you know, not only the minutes load, but the condensed schedule that we have because of the 72-game, you know, season that we're cramming in here um, is injury, right? I mean, you know, Sabonis is coming off plantar fasciitis, which is an overuse uh, injury, right, oftentimes. And then uh, – Brogdon is not exactly, you know, the picture of health of an NBA player, right? Like he's missed games, significant amount of amounts of games, almost in every season that he's played. Um, and you know, with with guys out of the lineup, we're we're asking even more of these guys. And thank thankfully, both of them have looked super healthy so far. Um, but we saw last year Brogdon go out with you know little naggy things here and there, you know. Um, so that's definitely a, a concern. So the the ability to limit the number of minutes that he put, like if we get get him both of those guys under the thirty five minutes a game, Mark, I think both of them are close to thirty eight a game. Like I'd feel much more comfortable. Um, going yeah, it, you know, Bjorkman had said before uh, the season started that um, he was going to do some strategic uh, resting to see. Uh, the younger guys and see how they played so that they'd be ready for pressure minutes down the line sort of thing. And, um, I, you know, trying to, like, think about broadening that rotation, you know, and, and making sure that all of our guys aren't playing these really heavy minutes. And that's so far not been the case. I mean, he's playing a really pretty tight uh, rotation. Some nights just playing eight guys. So, um, you know, we'll I mean, see if that changes he's, moving he's forward. He's playing the hand he's dealt, right? Like, I mean, there's injuries yeah. And, yeah. and whatnot. But I would agree. I mean, and coaches always run into this problem, right? It's one thing to, you know, have a, a plan on paper where you say, like, I'm going to get these guys minutes early in the season. But, you know, he's a first-time head coach. He wants to prove himself in this league. He wants to get wins. Right. The way to get wins is to put your best guys on the floor as much as possible, right? So. And it's also very important to this team to get off to a good start. Things happen over the course of a season. Injuries will happen, whether to those guys or other guys. Um, so, you know, flexibility will be key. But if there's going to be some little naggy injury to one of these guys, there's plenty of time to recover before we really need these guys back at this point in the season. So, you know, run these guys when they're in, you know, they've been working up to the start of the season we know they're in good shape and ready to go you know hopefully if there's anything you know even small naggy stuff that's that's not going to prevent them from playing that we're cognizant of that and they're talking to the trainers about that stuff um but it you know there's plenty of time left in this season you know everybody's going to get their reps and and help is on the way too right and in terms of jeremy lamb and hopefully karis lavert and goga batadze and you know we, we got some we got some horses you're right. There, there's still there's plenty of time. Um, you know, you know. It's also maybe just seeing what he's got. You know, trying to make sure these guys. I mean, this is new systems and and whatnot. New. Uh, you know, maybe making sure he knows what his starting unit looks like and his bench looks like in in you know an ideal world before he starts experimenting, which might well, happen. You I know, mean, not third. only that, but you know, the all star level I guys on our team also have all star IQs. And they just understand this stuff quicker and more completely than guys who are new to the league or maybe just not as talented, period. Yeah. Uh, so taking them off the floor, not only do you lose that high level of talent, but you also lose leadership of the system itself, uh, which which can be a little scary as a coach, I think, probably. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Good point. I don't think we got that solved. <laughs> Good. Nailed it. So this, you guys, so... We're pretty clear on what we need, what Nate needs to do. So, you know, hope he was taking notes and then also sign Lance. <laughs> That's what I took away from that. Yep. It's the T T L D R. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what do you think? Does does Lance start or do you bring him off the bench? I mean, I think my I think you bring him off the bench to start, and then you see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sign Lance, question mark, win championship. 
There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, actually, another another team that had uh, some actions, some question marks, and then win championship was the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Harper, um, you know, on our emergency show that we we had last week, you you uh, we we ran out of time uh, because uh, it was coming on uh, midnight or something, and, and you know, probably three to four hours uh, didn't make the final show. Uh, your, <laughs> but they've made a lot of changes recently. Um, you know, you know, just in the last couple of years, you know, picking up Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, and now James Harden. Um, you seem to think that this team is uh, uh, worthy of uh, some shade. Do you want to throw any? <laughs> I mean, all New York teams are worthy of shade, right? I mean, they're just going to spend their way to a championship and everybody wants to go play there. It's like cheating. They're on cheat mode over there. And Mm. it is what it is. But part of what you get when you sign all the superstars (laughs) is all of the egos. And, you know, I'm still confident I get to see this team Kerplode. I will say that Harden had his debut last night with the team and looked excellent setting NBA history by recording a 30-point triple dub in his first game with a new team. That is not normal behavior. He was one turnover away from a quadruple double. That's that's true. He also had the nine <laughs> TOs, but 30, 14, and 12, and nine. Um and it really actually did a pretty good job leading his offense. I mean, they were, I believe they were playing Orlando and beat up on them pretty soundly. So, whatever, it's Orlando. Um, and also, that's his old stablemate and Kevin Durant that he was playing with. Those two guys know each other pretty well. It's not a huge shock that they were able to, to share the floor together. What will be more interesting is when they get Kyrie Irving back. Uh, currently, uh, he is done with his. Uh, COVID quarantine period after violating NBA rules uh, about COVID safety, namely uh, getting caught on camera without a mask at a club or something for his sister's birthday party. Cost him a $50,000 fine, which um, sounds like a lot until you find out that he forfeited $816,889 for the two games he was out during his league-imposed five-day quarantine, Mm -hmm. which is a lot more than Mm $50,000. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, It's just sort of reckless, right? I mean, these these rules are in place for everyone's protection, and, you know, when when you're making 30 mil a year... You know, you got to put yourself in a position to succeed and help your team. People count on you. Um, Just just a poor look from Kyrie, really. Um, I I, I will read Charles Barkley's quote because he's always fun. Uh, He said, when you become a professional and you're making 30, 40 million dollars a year, you're held to different standards than most people. He has to show up for work. It's time for Kyrie to grow up and be a great player, not just a talented player. Be a great player and be a professional. Now, we'll add to that. Um, actually, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you don't show up for work, they will fire your ass. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> so, he's been watching Office Space or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just not going to come in today. Mm-hmm. And so now there is still no apparent timetable for his return. <laughs> There's like weird rumors floating around that maybe he just doesn't want to be there and, you know, maybe he wasn't consulted about this trade. Who knows what the truth of that is? Uh, officially, Steve Nash is on the record saying, you know, he's got to ramp up the practice to not risk unnecessary injury and this kind of stuff. Um, but things seem pretty murky out there in Brooklyn. Do you guys have a sense for what's really going on or would you like to speculate wildly? I would love to speculate why. Adam, boy, <laughs> we do good. That's what we. Um, that's what we're here for. Yeah, I mean, it's, Kyrie's a weirdo. I think that's well established, right? Like uh, it's he real hard to argue. He he's a he's a yeah. I'm, I've been like rewatching Seinfeld and 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 uh, Jerry refers to Kramer as a pod. Like he's not a human being. He's he's a pod. <laughs> I think of Kyrie as a pod. Like he doesn't have normal uh, inhibitions or anxieties that that the rest of us human beings have. Um, yeah, he didn't even, you know, he, it's one thing to be, uh, 
um, you know, politically uh, upset at sort of what's going on or, or um, what on step away and need a leave of absence, right? Like we all, you know, need personal time every now and then, but you got to let the people around you know, right? And so, you know, Steve Nash being a rookie coach made the mistake of um, letting us know that Kyrie didn't tell him <laughs> that he was leaving uh, and stuff like that. So it's, I think the situation is particularly inflamed with Steve Nash being a rookie head coach and not knowing how to handle um, all of these egos and all of the press, you know, being in New York. Uh, I sort of saw the, the Harden trade as uh, best case scenario. Insurance. They get it. Right, best case scenario, they have a big three. Worst case scenario, they still have insurance in a big two and, you know, arguably – you know, one of the best teams in the East still. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, th- Joey, you posted in Slack the uh, uh, the usage rates for Kyrie, KD, oh, yeah. and, and James Harden, and it adds up to, you know, 97.7% <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah. um, They're the anti-pacers. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that will be interesting to watch. The... The other so so we've established that Kyrie's not a great soldier or employee. Um, uh, James Harden didn't exactly comport himself very well as he was leaving Houston. There, uh, you know, I think he was visibly just sandbagging it. You know, not playing defense, like um, you know, throwing some disgusting passes to teammates. such a bad individual that Boogie Cousins um, came out looking as the guy with the, his head on his shoulders, correct? <laughs> you know, in in media interviews, saying like, "Yeah, that's not how you uh, behave or interact with people." You know, James being disrespectful. Even young guys on the roster that haven't established themselves in the league were like, "Yeah, what's up with this dude? Like, this is this can't be right." So, you know, yeah, he just walked away from a from an inner from like the podium in the middle of an interview like i mean it's just baseline professionalism stuff this is what you're being paid to do it's just real weird right yeah and i mean you know kd is a a super good professional but i think he's also got his own you know head trash if you will right yeah like you know he's got burner accounts and is is a very sensitive superstar i think of all those guys so it's going to be a, a really interesting social psychological experience i hmm. think so I, I i'm curious colson what do you think about steve nash putting Kyrie on blast i thought it was i i mean i agree it can be read as a risky move but also if i were coach i i think i absolutely put that dude on blast right because if he does something in the future and this isn't public then it makes it harder to launch him Right. This is like a write up for me. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Steve Nash is probably better at uh, managing egos, even though he's never been a head coach before. Um, He's been the leader of locker rooms most of his basketball career. And he probably knows there are certain ways you need to deal with certain guys and other ways to deal with other guys. Like, I mean, I have a feeling like he'll be a pretty hands-on coach with these guys because he's used to being a leader in the locker room. And uh, it could be that he thinks that, you know, what Irving needs to know is that, you know, you can't do this stuff in, in, in you know, in the dark, in, in the quiet, and screw us over without people knowing about it. And, and maybe that's the way to talk to Kyrie. I mean, I, I want to be screwed over publicly. That's my <laughs> demand. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, the guy, you know, doesn't believe that uh, the earth is round. Like, I, I you know, there's got to be certain ways you got to talk to him, I think, that, that uh, to try to reach him. Because apparently facts don't, um, you know, make a difference. I, I assume that this that he will be gone. I do think that the plan is Harden and KD. And I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Um, but I think long term, I don't think Kyrie's there. So... Isn't he under contract for the longest? Yes, yes, days? yes. But they trade they traded away um, all their young talent. I mean, Jared Allen was great. Karis Levert's great. I, mean, I still they have still have Spencer Dinwiddie, but like he's 
Um, he's he's injured right now. Yeah. yeah, for the year. So I'm thinking maybe you move uh, Kyrie for some role players. You know, I mean that would you know, I mean not just role players, but because you need something back for a super duper star, but. Um, you know, to try to fill out this roster, which is, you know, we talked about those usage rates and how they're ridiculous. Um, you're almost going to have to play these guys all the time because you haven't heard of any of the guys coming off the bench. Yeah. I, dangerous territory for sure for Steve Nash. I, I mean, played a long time under D'Antoni. D'Antoni definitely seems like a guy who's had success managing egos. I mean, this stuff wasn't happening when he was in Houston, right? Right. So that suggests to me that maybe he, that, that is very much a part of his skill set, And he even said like, he didn't necessarily want him <laughs> at his mm-hmm. new destination. Didn't want Harden. Right. So, right. I mean, D'Antoni knows the score for sure. So I don't wonder if Steve Nash hasn't learned a few tricks. Um, I'll definitely give him the benefit of the doubt for the time being. Uh, I mean, I think whether Kyrie's there or not, there is completely dependent on Kyrie. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got every opportunity to be there and succeed. They built this for him. Right. But if he doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to play with these Hall of Famers, then he can go ply his trade someplace else, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Somebody will take him. Yeah, right. Go to the Knicks. Well, you know, he, <laughs> he didn't want to be second fiddle to LeBron, you know, even though they'd won a championship. Uh, he went to uh, the Celtics and he wasn't happy there, moved out pretty quick. You know, then he teams up with KD, and you're going, well, this doesn't quite make it your team, Kyrie. You know, it's going to be KD's team. Um, now we brought in another superstar. I, You know, if he wants to run his own team, this is not the one to do it on. So you got to go to, like, Orlando or something. Right, but he's also not going to be happy not winning, so. Right. I think he's just going to not be happy. I think I mean, that's. It seems, mm. it seems like he might have some head stuff happening. No. Yeah. All the best, Kyrie. Suck it. Mm. <laughs> all right uh well i think it's time for a break um when we hit the, the hit that note uh, <laughs> <laughs> cooler heads will prevail at some point uh potentially i don't know probably not i'm just i'm just saying where's that. the fun in that <laughs> i know uh well let's take let's take a quick break and we'll be back in the second half with uh mailbags and stats of weeks and under Google bulls and, and fun stuff like that. And, and Harper, you're, um, I'm going to give you a, a personal challenge to throw some Brooklyn shade into the second half. Uh, Oh, I'll work it. If you, if you can work it in, uh, naturally, great. If not, whatever, what are you going to do? Okay. Well, just, just so you know, every time I say suck it randomly, I'm referring to the Nets. Okay. I appreciate that. And maybe Coles. That's right. I was going to say, usually that's directed my way. Yeah. It's just, it's context sensitive. Figure out which one. Sure. I get it. And you can do both at the same time if you're clever. I I love being able to multitask. All right. We'll be right back. First thing I want to do is 
uh, talk about my stat of the week. Mm. Joey, stat of the week! This one, uh, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how Kyrie's going to think about this one, but it's about the International Space Station. Mm. Um, Fake news. <laughs> so, it still exists in a flat world. It's just all in one direction, right? I, I, well, I think I, so, but I think the sun is like real close. Okay. Yeah. And you can't really orbit a flat Earth, can you? I, right. No, the sun just goes in a circle above yeah, our heads. I've seen the, yeah. uh, the demonstrations. Yeah. Yeah, and then I I think all space travel is done on a, a soundstage. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's unclear how gravity works without. Oh, no, I found this out because I really thought I don't uh, – gravity has to sort of create spheres, right, if you've got a small mass creating gravity. So I thought that was one. Apparently, uh, the flat Earth is just flying upward in space, which keeps us – Yeah, all the time. It's a so there you is know, space. Yes. It's moving up through space, and that's what's keeping us on the flat Earth. With what – like, what's the propellant? I don't Joey. Know. Magic. <laughs> so, so. God. Even your science. Okay, sorry, Jerry. You, you, no, no, no. It's, the it's, International Space Station. Okay, it's it's go God did, dust or something, I think. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's been up for about 20, 20 years or so. It took forty two separate launches to to get the thing built to bring up all the supplies. Um, but its days are numbered. Um, the current plan um, has the ISS uh, orbiting at least until twenty twenty four. Um, and then they said it would be safe to fly until at least 2028 without really changing anything. Um, but after that, it, it could be brought down. Um, and they said it's going to come down eventually. Um, the, the way they're going to do that with something so big, it's like um, it's like 900,000 pounds uh, of uh, stuff. It's like over 400 tons. Um, you know, it's as big as a football field. Um and uh, to bring down something like that, of course, you, you got to be safe and you got to um, you got to uh, burn it up over. I mean, they're not going to, you know, bring it down outside of like burning it up in the atmosphere. But something that big, um, they essentially need to like um, adjust the orbit. So it's going to um, they're going to like lower uh, a, as it orbits the Earth. Um, they're going to lower one part of that orbit and then where it's going to start like hitting the it'll start slowly burning uh hitting on the low point oh, of the orbit it's going to start hitting the atmosphere because i think it's too big to burn it once safely um, and they can't just like eject the pieces apart because yeah they can't disassemble it yeah i mean they maybe could but i think More this is easier. It's worth. this is cheaper yeah. um so yeah when they when they do that that's what they're going to do they're going to start they're just going to alter the orbit so it starts like you know, having uh, many small burns and then you aim and that way you can aim it. Um, uh, so it will end up over, you know, parts of the Pacific that, you know, are, are zero or sparsely populated. So that could be, you know, within like 10 years, the thing could be down. You know, I think there's, there's certainly there's certainly plans to replace it with something else. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, they started planning this thing in the 1980s. So it's it's been around. Um, some of this tech is pretty old. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's days are numbered. The, uh, it's a cool thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. NASA also had its first, uh, simultaneous fire of the SLS, the space launch system engines this week. Mm, yeah. Um, so we are slowly working towards creating a rocket that will get stuff into space for ourselves, which is pretty rad. We're looking to be on the moon again this decade. Yeah, I think that may uh, that may not happen. But uh, well, it burnt. It just only they they did a board after a minute. They were looking for an eight minute run on it on the SLS. Okay. Yeah. But it will once it's uh, ready to go. It will be the most powerful rocket ever. That's cool. Yeah, ever in space. That's cool. So wait. So that's the idea. Is you launch from a, another planet or the or the moon or from a the sls is meant station? to launch from here yeah from here okay, yeah but it will be able to get us to the moon i see okay. so it's actually more powerful than the saturn five okay. which gotcha. launched the apollo 13 missions or right, apollo right, right. missions gotcha right on 
That's crazy. Rockets yeah. are cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you guys ever have any of those like model rockets? The little, uh, you know, I mean, they're the different sizes, I guess, you know, a couple feet big. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would get some at the hobby store. You mean the ones that actually launched or that were just yeah. like... You build guess, them I, and then yeah. you, yeah, light them off? I don't think I did. Yeah. Yeah, my parents yeah, knew think... enough not to trust me with those. <laughs> <laughs> we might have done, I did like a um, summer camp for nerds at uh, IUPUI, I think, mm. a few years. Yeah. And I think one of them was like, yeah, we made rockets and launched them or something. Yeah. They're pretty fun. Yeah. If your parents trust you to uh, to to have like a lighter, then uh, they can be they can be very fun and educational. <laughs> I guess we get high school students in the lab, some of which are like at uh, this very prestigious science and or, or STEM type high school here in the the DC area called Thomas Jefferson, and they are like they have like projects where they like launch things into space and like what yeah. It's like legit. They like made a satellite and like launch a satellite. And like, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. They come into the lab and they like know stuff that I didn't learn until I was like in grad school. Like, it's like, Jeez. what the hell? This is wild. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they'd never been allowed to use lighters before. <laughs> well, that may be true too. But. <laughs> I mean, they've got the cloud. They don't need a lighter, you know? Yeah. The internet. Yeah. When I was a kid, that you know, they would just be like, after school, they're just like, all right, come back before dinner, you know, and then you just you just ride your bike halfway across town, and you know, um, I remember my buddy and I we had watched, um, you know, the cartoons where the the gunpowder goes out to the um, to the dynamite, mm-hmm. and so we put all these fireworks together and and, and, and you know, uh, uh, twisted them all together on the on the wick, and then um, we wanted to do a line of gasoline, you know, down the driveway. <laughs> And so we found the, the gas tank, you know, for the mower, and we poured it into a styrofoam cup, which oh, immediately, gosh. yeah, which immediately ate out the styrofoam, covered us both in gas. Uh, we, con- we continued to do it and somehow didn't light ourselves on fire. And we, I, we were like, you know, eight. So I, maybe it's good that kids don't are allowed to have lighters anymore. Maybe that's good. You have me reconsidering this free-range parenting. Uh, yeah. It was all hip on. <laughs> hey, look, I survived. It was fine. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, next up, we got our mailbag. The, the mailbag. This one's going to be interesting. Um, this uh, He's written in before, I remember, Andrew Preston. And his question is, how long would all the Bobby Leonard's uh, sign-offs from the pod take if put into one compilation that people need to know? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a project for Colson. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I, well, you'd need a volunteer to like listen to all of those, and I don't know if anyone's strong enough for that. We can ballpark it here. Let's let's do some math. Sure, we could definitely so, ballpark. So, it. I, if you'll recall, uh, the very first uh, clip show was one through fifty. I took uh, probably twenty-five of the ones we did and layered them, so it's like one song. Um, I figure they're all what five seconds when you put it together around that. Well, so. Question one: Do we include the run-up, mm. or just the, the song and the banter post? <laughs> <laughs> so so now you're like talking about minutes five minutes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do two calculations. So if we do just the song, let's say the song, right? Because sometimes you you know you stretch it out, right? So let's yep. say the song is on average. Eight seconds, ten eight, seconds, eight seconds, probably. Eight seconds sounds fair. good. Between five and ten, I think it feels fair. So let's go eight. Okay, and then we're almost at five hundred episodes now. Right. Well, we've done extras. We've done twenty extras. Um, so we could just go with five hundred. It's an easier number. Yeah. Right. So that's four thousand seconds. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Divided by sixty. Divided by yeah. 60 so that's sixty-seven. Minutes, right? Oh, so yeah. So over an hour, hour, over an hour. So basically, I could charge uh, for a concert at this point. We just 
People come in. I've got over an hour of, of uh, you know, you could product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can sell whatever. You, you can list for sale whatever you want. Like, I mean, it's like on is... eBay. You sound like the, the people on eBay that list some, something that isn't worth anything for, you know, a thousand bucks. And you're like, how is it worth? It's not worth a thousand bucks. It's, it's perceived value. It's, 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 the value is whatever someone will pay for it. That is true. But, I mean, like, albums are about an hour, right? Sure. I'll just, uh, yeah, I gotta get on this, I guess. Yeah, you got oh. nothing else going on. Right. Yeah. Well, now I'm curious about the song list. Did, did, did you have, like, a favorite, Colson? Is it, like, episode 31 was super memorable <laughs> for you? <laughs> well, you know. You play the hits. Yeah, well, the longer we do it, the, the you know, the clip shows end up being the ones where either um, I mess up or you guys join in. I like to when they're differentiated. Um, trying to do an impression while singing, I'm very bad at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the those, ones are okay. I yeah, like but ones. but the, when they fall apart is usually the memorable ones for me. Um, or when you guys join in, because that's those are the rarities. Usually, I just kill it, right? No, I just nail it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just old hat at this point. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Uh, perfection is no longer memorable. That's right. That's right. So wow. But so then if you took like the the setup song and we typically have a little post song banter where we Yeah, let's say it's a solid let's say a solid it's five like a, minutes. Yeah, no, nah, that's too much. Like two minutes. Two, yeah, two minutes. Two uh, yeah. okay. Two uh, now you're at a thousand minutes. A thousand minutes. So that's nearing like a, two hours. Yeah. Nearing two hours. Oh wait, no, a, th- a no, thousand, no. a thousand, seventeen-ish. Yes, seventeen hours. Okay, I was thinking, uh, yeah, a hundred minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, a thousand minutes. My goodness, seventeen hours. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, because it went from eight seconds to like one hundred and twenty seconds, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, big yeah. jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that. Um, as much as it would be uh, less painful to kind of spread them out with banter on either side. You know, so you're not just lining up the singing. I don't think anybody could deal with that. I think it's understandable if you got the setup and the and the finish kind of break up the song, but 17 hour clip show seems like a little a lot to ask. <laughs> so I wouldn't I wouldn't wait on this one, Andrew Preston. Hey man, we got uh, we got Patreon patrons mm-hmm. that you know want extra content. That's if we get yeah, <laughs> listen. If we get requests for it, there we have to at least consider it. Uh, yeah, if if we get to um, you know. Ten thousand we'll dollars a week. Um, we'll, we'll create a twenty dollar <laughs> level. What, what, what's your hourly rate, Colson? We'll create a twenty hour level just for this purpose, sure. and that money you can just pocket. Okay, okay, good. And you, you probably could sell it to the CIA for like what they do in Guantanamo. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is a clear violation of the Geneva Convention. Anyway, thanks for thanks for the question. Uh, so yeah, it looks like um, if it's just the song, we're looking at it over an hour of your listening pleasure. Um, it, it's like if you're selling like a, a CD or L- I don't know if you're going to put it on vinyl or whatever you're going to do. Oh sure, track yeah. listing. I want to go retro with this. Is this the <laughs> track listing? Track. Is just going to like uh, track one? Turn out the lights. Track two. Turn out the lights. <laughs> <laughs> or what's the what's the track like? What's the title? Is it Turn Out the Lights? The party's over. Or uh, how, how well, do you? We looked up the name of that song at one point, didn't we? Oh yeah, it's been a long time. I, I think I you know, it's called The Party's Over. It's a Willie Nelson song. Okay. I would just say it was. We just call it in honor of Bobby Slick. Okay. It's a wonder Bobby Willie Slick. Nelson hasn't sued us. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we gave him credit once, right, a long time ago. Yeah, that'll hold <laughs> up sure. in court. <laughs> um, well, we right. just established well, that the song itself is probably no more than eight seconds, and so you can. Yeah. Oh, it's fair, know, use. fair use. Yeah. 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 Got and it. we're actually we're not quoting him, we're quoting Bobby. So Yeah, it's true. We're just getting right. Bobby. We should be sued by a totally different person. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. The last thing we got this show for you is an undegoogable Colson, uh what can we answer for you this week? 
Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. We said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Got a write-in question this week. Um, and so I don't know if this will be good or not, but uh, thought I'd pass it along. Egged on. What's the origin of egged on? Oh. Hmm. So the usage is is generally like inst- it's like an instigation, right? Like mm-hmm. egged somebody on to well, it's to to get them to do something they probably wouldn't have done. Uh, I think instigation is how I sort of yeah, see it. Yeah, I think right? that's like, pretty darn succinct. Yeah, yeah. What are the what are the the baby chickens come into this? Right, yeah. Is it related to eggs? Could it be? Could it go back to you know the times where people threw food at yeah, performers? That's to, exactly where I to was get going. Them to do things. Although uh, I was thinking Middle Ages, more like uh, you know uh, when executions were like public fare. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's the instigation there? Well, to, like to, to go ahead and uh, oh, to get finish the deal, yeah. You just go ahead and uh, drop that drop that axe. Yeah, it probably does make more sense for performers. I mean, in what a way, you, that is a performance, right? The whole yeah, thing it is. is it's yeah. nice to be performative. So. Well, in a performance, like, what are you looking for? Like, better acting or? Yeah, exactly. Better jokes, better singing, whatever. Better you know, dancing. Like, I'm thinking of people throwing not. Uh, it, you know, people throwing rotten tomatoes, tomatoes and yeah. right. whatnot, or rotten eggs, or something of people that are doing a substandard performance, and you want them to do better. You know, so make them stink. And we think, yeah, that always helps <laughs> my performances, <laughs> right? And then it just becomes uh, a threat, maybe a you know, mm. at, some, at some point. Yeah, you're just holding the egg above your head. <laughs> egg, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not laughing. (laughs) (laughs) You're in a wind-up with the egg. I should be crying here. (laughs) Yeah, the Um, other uh, possibility maybe is it it culinary in some way? Is like egg a necessary additive for like some particular... It's a binder in a lot of things, yeah. Like you're, you're really egging on this... I guess obviously a souffle would have tons of eggs, but yeah, you're hmm. egging on your meringue <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I was also wondering if, like, whether it's just like the 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 protein and nutrition of an egg. Um. Mm. I'm 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 a lot rocky. Know, yeah, I'm feeding mm. you eggs to kind of get you up Some and going. Raw eggs to. Yeah. That's why I was wondering right. if there was something there. It could be cooked too, right? I mean, like, sure, yeah. We make you make you some, some, some <laughs> <laughs> make you some scrambled eggs in the morning, so you can go out and conquer your day. Mm, okay. Yeah. So the old uh, the old egg lobby. <laughs> That's right. It's definitely this is big egg. This is big, big egg. egg. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind, I feel like this is probably not it, but um, you know, someone if your house got egged, you could retaliate uh, for that oh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, you know, if you're, yeah. I see you egged me, so. me on by throwing eggs at me, and now I'm gonna come yeah. slash your tires. It might be called right. fired on because that retaliation is fire for eggs. I think that's how that works, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was the procedure. Yeah, it's, a, it's an enforcer thing. You wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah, no, I, I don't run in those circles. <laughs> you and David West probably have some meetups. I'm guessing. <laughs> How about the new, uh, the, the new enforcer tech of the year? <laughs> How about like the just the act of you know hens sitting on eggs, right? Because by keeping them warm. You're promoting growth. Mm. Yeah, sure. You're sort of yeah, asking this thing to, to come alive. 
Yeah, I think these are all. Okay, okay. I, I will, let, let me uh, let me say that there's a another option here is that it's not connected to the word egg at all. It's a derivation from some you know Latin word that from the means... German for poking face. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so we think it's connected to eggs, but in fact, it's you know. Um, I don't know. It's it's like the opposite of neglect. It's neglect. I don't know. Uh, you know something. <laughs> 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 oh, that's one way to. That's that's a possibility. I, <laughs> I mean, a bunch of these things have had like French uh, uh, French origins. Uh, yeah, like the for, humble yeah. pie one. Yeah, where it was yeah. Uh, yeah. nomble. Well, so how about this one? This has got to be related to egg on your face somehow, right? Mm. Oh, sure. And that's when you're something happens and you're embarrassed by it, right? Like so. Uh, so would egg on your face motivate you to because you're embarrassed? Uh, motivate you to somebody to egged do you bed? on by throwing an egg at your face. Now you have egg on your face and you're embarrassed. And you and you're motivated to do better. <laughs> it's not bad. Well, you just egg on it, man. I don't know. <laughs> egg on your face is really close to egg on. I mean, it's yeah. It's in the. It's in the. The phrase is in the other phrase. <laughs> So Harper, you think like <laughs> it's so an inception you, shit right here. It's a dream within a dream. <laughs> so maybe Harper, like if you you, you were um, a general manager of a basketball team and you, uh, you know, uh, picked up a superstar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then several other superstars to help this superstar do his job, and then superstar one decides he doesn't want to play basketball anymore. That'd be like an example of egg on your face, right? I, I mean, I would definitely buy those other superstars dozens of eggs. For the bench, and just see where it goes. Just see what happens as they walk into their locker yeah. room. You know, dozen eggs in the locker. Mm-hmm. So, in in we see this seems very yeah medieval. Medieval, I like that. Unless it's big egg. And- <laughs> <laughs> so when would big egg come in? We we talking turn of the century? Yeah, we're we're talking yeah like like mattress coke. You know, okay, sure. All those things. Nineteen hundred Industrial I mean, Revolution. That's what they want you to think. They're actually the Templars. <laughs> it's like the mm. the precursor to the the Got Milk campaign. You know, it's like okay. milk makes you stronger. <laughs> egg eggs make you stronger, basically. You're right, you're egg done. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is a French derivation. Because because uh, uh, one egg is an oof. <laughs> well done, sir. Oh, yes, that's why. Gotcha. Well, I am on uh, phrases.org for egg on, and the page is blank, so that's not very promising. <laughs> no. According to thegrammarist.com, uh, it seems like the verb egede, which it doesn't give us a, a language of origin, uh, from which the phrase to egg someone on is derived, has been in the English language since approximately 1200. It is derived from the Old Norse word egja, That's what I'm getting, which means yeah. to incite or provoke. Huh. Damn it, English. So it is uh, disentangled from the the what we think of as an egg, right? Mm-hmm. Completely, yeah. So, According yeah, to this, let's see if we see anything right. else. Uh, so yeah, edge. It's essentially like the. It's more related to the word edge. Ah, uh, which yeah. And once described in particular, the sharp edge of a sword. So eggs were not so much the motivation as the slicing. As Ah, the old slicing of the sword. I think it's the slicing of your body by the sword. <laughs> <laughs> That's the more important part? Sure. Okay. And it looks like it was, yeah, back to Middle English. Hmm. So, Colson, I think you were the closest by saying it was not English. It could be not English. Yeah. I mean, I think we probably nailed the time frame. I would agree. Well, we were pretty close. What, what, what's the years on the Middle Ages? Well, so it, it appeared in English. It would appear in like the mid-1500s. 
Okay. But if we're going back to Old Norse, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't put timelines like on Old Norse. A range of nine nine hundred to twelve hundred eighty is kind of what I'm seeing. In in English it, or Norse? Uh, Norse nine hundred and English twelve hundred. Okay. So we're full on Dark Ages. Yeah. So basically, yeah, English just took it and made it its own thing. Yeah, Neither to egg someone meant the same as to edge someone on and, and was used that way until about 1566. It, I don't know how. This is from uh, Robert Hendrickson. Yeah. Facts on File Encyclopedia of Word and Phrase Origins, 4th edition. I also do just like the sentence, Neither does it derive from the Norman invaders pricking Anglo-Saxon prisoners in the buttocks with their eggs. The points of their spears when urging them to move faster. Wow. So many potential <clears throat> origins. There's another one that's saying it is not connected to the phrase that employs the other common use of egg as a verb as that is over egg the pudding. Mm. So it's not it's not that. Mm. I mean Well I use that. They just don't the want you to, they just don't want you to put too much egg in the pudding. Is that mm-hmm. don't do that. What if it's eggy okay. pudding? <laughs> St- but there's still a proper Bring amount me some of eggs. Pudding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, but is no connection to egg on your face then? Nope. Um, okay. So I'm finding in a quick search here that egg on your face is fairly new. Like second half of the 20th century. Er, nope, here mm-hmm. we go. Here's an earlier. Mm-hmm. That was big egg. That was big egg. <laughs> I'm seeing, yeah, 1964. Yeah. Ooh. I'm also seeing references to Victorian England and throwing eggs at people in like the choir or like the, the pit, right? Though, right? So. But we were, we knew that related. people were throwing eggs at people. We knew yes, that. Yes, yes. It was happening. Um, I'm seeing here that... Uh, I don't know. There's no... This is core. There's no source on this. But uh, a dog eating eggs with egg on his face would get in trouble. I don't know. My dog never got in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the egg deserved it. It was asking for it. That's right. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah that was nice a good question. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that one. I uh, yeah. I believe um, that that was from uh, fans of the show, uh, Sean and Shannon. Shout out, guys. Shout yeah. out. Shout out. Good question. Sean and Shannon are awesome. Yeah, they are. Um, before we get out of here. Uh, I did get sucked into uh, Urban Dictionary, as I often do. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite part this, of the show. This is a good one. Need a jingle I for like this. this one. The, the word of the day for January 11th is uh, is doucheberg. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, uh, somebody who, at first meeting, they show a little bit of their douche self. Uh, but when you get to know them better, the full extent of their douche just becomes apparent. Hidden under the water line at your first meeting? Yes. There's, you know, like 90% of their douches is below the water right, line. Right. So. Gotcha. It's good to know. Good to know. So so look out for that in, in the world um, if you're going out there. So it's like a PSA then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, you know, beware of douchebergs. That's, you know, coming off. Words to live by. Mm-hmm. all right team i think that should do it for this show um unless there's uh it'll do it for this week unless uh, there's another blockbuster trade that happens uh but uh most likely uh, we're, we're good until monday um <coughs> until then you can uh hit us up on social media we are on twitter we are at undebeatables from facebook.com slash the Undebeatables. Our website is theundebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. Uh, send us an email. Shout out at theundebeatables.com. 
And if you'd like to support us uh, directly, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash undebeatables and support us for as little as a dollar a month. Thank you so much to everyone who's done that so far. Uh, really, uh, it's it's kind of touching, and it uh, helps support what we do. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Shout, Shout out. out. For our once and always coach and once and always godfather. Uh, see, this is okay. All right. For hold our on, once, so, you're, you're sitting at five seconds already here, bud. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to time this one. Yeah. Uh, for our godfather, Donnie Walsh, <laughs> and our once and always coach, Bobby Sicklinard, now in the Hall of Fame. You gotta speed it up. Is Don, is Donnie in the Hall of Fame as an executive? Yeah. Turn out the lights. <laughs> the party's over. over. Well done, team. <laughs> you can't ask questions. In the well, once, okay, if he's already in the Hall of Fame, then I can put them both in the Hall of Fame. It'll make it easier to make it pithy. Was that the goal this whole time? Was to be pithy? <laughs> he's a nominee. For the Hall of Fame in 2017. But didn't make it first time in, huh? Don't, doesn't look like it. Well, this is a Travis mockery. I agree. Mm. He's getting Who in. Who are these a-holes? These yahoos. If I need to egg somebody on, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And look how many look how many of these these yahoos as you call them just got straight into uh, the Hall of Fame. Who who was uh, who was that last one that I was so mad about? Mitch Richmond. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> was it? Uh, oh, he was on the Rockets. Tracy McGrady. T-Mac. That's the yeah. one. How is T Mac in there and Donnie Walsh isn't? Who's singing a Who's singing a T Mac song every week? <laughs> the poor guy can't like control his anything. He can't control what he eats or yeah, like um, how to get stuff out. Like he has no control over like. I get very upset when I can't control my environment. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh he's doing really good considering all of the stuff. All the challenges of not knowing how to make yourself burp and fart. Right, exactly. Just not yeah. knowing how to deal. Yeah. Show off. <laughs>